Hello and welcome to the Consumer Friend Podcast. In this pod, we are going to look at product safety and why it is so important. We are doing this in time for the lead up to Halloween, so we're going to be looking at toy safety more specifically, and obviously Christmas is just around the corner as well. Uh, If this is your first listen, please go back to our other podcasts. We've got eight now, I think it is, on consumer rights, consumer vulnerability, and how to start your home efficiency journey. As ever, the www.consumerfriend.org.uk website is a great tool for people to go and understand their rights when buying goods and services. More and more stuff is added over time to help you get the best deal for you. It's free, professional, easy to understand advice. So with me today is my good friend Louise. Hi Lou, how are you doing today? Hi Ad, I'm good, thank you very much. bit tired, but I think that's just being an adult, isn't it? That is exactly what being an adult is. Spend your being life grown tired. up, just different levels of tired yeah. all of the time. <laughs> Great. And talking us through product safety and why we could all probably do with being a bit more knowledgeable on this subject is Adrian Simpson from the British Retail Consortium. Hello, Adrian. How are you? Hi, Adam. I'm very well, thanks. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast. No problem at all. I think kind of my first question is, what is a consortium? I, kind of, I, I see this name banded around when someone's trying to buy a football club mainly, but I don't really understand what it means. Is it just like a group of people, like we refer to animals, like a gaggle or a flock? Well, I've been asked many questions in my career, but I don't think I've ever been asked this one. Um, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a group of organisations or people who have some sort of common interest and want to bring about, I suppose, positive change for that uh, that particular group. Yeah, I tend to think of it in football terms as well. We hear of buying consortiums after a club, but uh, yeah. I can assure you the BRC doesn't have any ambitions to buy any football clubs just yet. <laughs> good to know, good to know. Can you give us a bit of a, an idea of what the BRC does? Yes, yeah, so the BRC is the trade association for larger retailers in Britain. Um, we cover all the high street retailers, more or less. Um, there are a few, few who aren't members, but we've got supermarkets as members. We've got online marketplaces as members. And I think our, our membership covers around 70 to 80% of all UK retail. And I think our members employ something like one out of every nine adults in the UK. So we've got some really, really big big name household name members and our sort of size of membership is 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 absolutely huge one out of every nine that's a massive that's i a think massive. it's like that yeah i think it, i think when you when you put sort of retail together it's uh, it's a very very large part of our economy it contributes a lot of things like employment uh, provides a lot of jobs um, and it's not just on the shop floor there's obviously lots of like back office jobs as well lots of warehousing jobs lots of compliance and regulatory jobs which are sort of the people i tend to deal with uh, in my uh, in my community within the BRC. Excellent. Thanks for coming on today. You said thank you to us for coming on today. You you might want to hold off on the thanks. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 I'll see I'll see how I feel yeah, at the end. Definitely see how you feel at the end. That's all right. I think also to add what I do within the BRC. Um, so within the BRC I manage the buying community. Uh, so the buying community aims to help retailers sell safe and compliant non-food products. So quite quite a niche focus but we are a large and growing community um it's good to see that retail retailers think very very highly of product safety and are willing to put quite a bit of resource towards making sure their products don't harm consumers and uh, that uh, the products that they do supply so surprise and delight uh, the people that buy them it's a quite a, quite a challenging time in retail at the moment you've probably seen how um the high street is suffering with lower footfalls. Um, consumers are obviously turning things like online spending, which we which we do cover as well. Um, and there are all sorts of things around supply chains and the price of products 
especially food, but non-food products as well, increasing. Uh, well, it feels like a daily rate every time I sort of go go into go into a shop now. You sort of think this surely this is cheaper yesterday, last week, last month. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I completely, completely agree. Everything's getting a lot more expensive. Um, so when we look at product safety, I I kind of always come back to that Claudia Winkleman story that we saw where she spoke about her daughter Matilda, who Claudia Winkleman went into a supermarket. She bought a witch's costume for five pounds, I think it was. Matilda then brushed up against a candle, and then the uh, then the, the 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 costume caught on fire. Uh, and it was a, a horrific story, uh, really quite nasty. And uh, there's a there's a, there's a small statistic here that um, that 94 people in England were admitted to hospital as a result of their clover, clothing either igniting or melting, uh, of which 21 were children under 18. So uh, I think that's that's kind of a story that that brings product safety to. Uh, to the forefront of people's minds and the fact that a celebrity was kind of promoting that story really really good to get it out there so what should we be looking at when we're when we're talking about product safety yeah we all remember that uh, that tragic story involving uh, uh claudia winkleman's daughter so one of the things we did at the brc was actually we came together to put together a code of practice that goes over and above the legal requirements for children's dress-up costumes uh, as you probably know, within within sort of product safety and regulations, sometimes regulations can take a while to catch up. Uh, there's a whole legislative process that that uh, the law has to go through. Sometimes it takes a while for standards to be developed to to get the right people around the table to say this is somewhere we want to improve. So what we did at the consortium, we actually brought a lot of retailers together. We also brought manufacturers, distributors, um, charities together to actually write our own sort of code of practice on, on flammability. So it was first released in 2015, and we did three codes of practice at the time. So there's one, I believe, on the actual safety me- safety testing methods. There's one on labelling and one on just regulations. So we actually worked together this year to update it. Um, and there's some things that we've kept in. So, for example, we've uh, kept a stringent requirement around maximum burn rate of uh, 10 millimetres per second, which is uh, way over and above the uh, labelling and legal requirements. Sorry, just to just to stop. So, so, a, so that product won't burn more than 10 millimetres per second. So, what it, so if it's a fabric, it's got to be tested to not burn at that a rate above that. Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the uh, it's a ma- yeah it's a maximum burn rate of ten millimeters per second, which is um, over and above the say the legal requirements. We've also updated labelling requirements for retailers. And we've also brought together like best practice examples, and that guide is free and available for anyone to read. And we we do know that retailers are very positive about this this code of practice, and and most if not all major retailers have adopted this code of practice so that's their way of coming together to try and do some good for, for the industry and for, for all consumers most importantly we, d- we don't want products to injure children we want them to be as safe as they possibly can be we know that these costumes are very very popular now it, it seems that they're they're everywhere they, they you know back, back when i was when i was a child you, you were quite lucky if you wore a mask you know nowadays you have to sort of go full on and sort of real to go into sort of cosplay levels of you'd be paint, uh, painting a cardboard box yeah <laughs> yeah, that, that, your, your that, yeah. That, that was about as far as it went <laughs> now it, it seems to me you've got to sort of 
you know, not just costumes, but there are props. I think it was a pillowcase. I think whatever the, whatever it was, it was a pillowcase. So like, yeah. if you were like Halloween, you're a pillowcase because it's a ghost. If it was like you were a shepherd, it was a a tea towel or a pillowcase on your head. Like, like you know, like the eighties. It was like whatever. They, you never bought a costume. Your mum fashioned something out of like a potato sack or a pillowcase at home. So there's no safety. There wasn't. Well, there probably was safety issues around it, but we didn't know about them. Absolutely, yeah. So this is a whole industry in its own, um, and it just it's getting. We can see it getting bigger and bigger every year. There are there are rules that are govern that govern manufacturers in terms of what they've got to comply with when they're when they're making their products. Correct. Yeah. So things like the toy safety regulations are in place that, that tell manufacturers what the essential safety requirements are um, for these products, which are you know well established and. Uh, we've had the toy safety regulations in place, I believe, since about 1987, and they are updated frequently. It, it is a high-profile area, as you can imagine, toys, because the toys are you know, used by vulnerable uh, children are vulnerable and and, yeah. and uh, you know need require extra protection when it comes to the things that they use. Uh, so the regulations have been there; they've been updated uh, regularly. They continue to be updated, but of course, now that we've left the European Union, we can now make our own rules. And regulations around not just toy safety but any kind of safety ones and that's an area that is 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 concerning for for retailers because we, we're looking at going well if you if, if europe changes things and gb hasn't caught up or great britain wants to go ahead and do its own rules and regulations does this mean that products that that british consumers buy will be less safe than than they are in europe or or they might be safer than they do so this is all things we're having to think about in these particularly difficult challenging political times that we're living and this is set amongst supply chain issues and cost of living increases I think if we bring like so at the minute we're trying we're just pulling together aren't we the material to go on the website and um, around sort of buying safe products and what to look out for and toy safety adam's just informed me it's too long which, which means long. he's basically oh. he's telling me that i'm talking too much which is not a shock to anybody <laughs> however, however, so we're trying to make it clear for consumers. So we're trying to make it like relevant as well. So why, do, like from from a consumer perspective, if we're looking at some of the sort of stark statistics that are coming out in relation to trading standards, that's something like four point two million unsafe items were seized. Right. So this is you're you're likely to buy something that's unsafe, aren't you, as a consumer? So as a if I'm just an average consumer and I've got I have got children, I've got a nine and a twelve year old, but say they were slightly younger, where why do I care about this, Adrian? Why do I care? Well, for, most importantly, of course, you don't want your your children to become injured first of all, uh, and some some products might be unsafe in a non visible way. By that I mean things like chemicals. Um, so there are stringent rules and regulations around what sort of chemicals can be in products, but also specifically within within toys as well. So uh, product safety rules and regulations are hugely important. Um, and there's a, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that you won't see. So, for example, manufacturers are required to hold detailed test records um, to sh- or compliance records, should I say, to show that products do comply with safety requirements. And also things like labelling is important. So if, you, if, a, if a product does... in Hopefully it won't, but in case it does injure you, you know who to go to actually get some, get somewhere with it as well. So these are all rules and regulations that developed um, over time. So they're hugely important. Um, and manufacturer retailers put tremendous amounts of resources into complying with law, but say in some cases going over and above 
the requirements of the law. So not just saying, oh, you know, this complies with law. Some of them say following things like the codes of practice or putting extra labelling on or in some cases doing uh, education and advice pieces with with um, consumers. So, for example, we're seeing um, some retailers who are working close. Some retailers have have like nursery departments, for example, and they're working with new parents to bring bring to their attention things like um, button battery safety. Um, what do you mean safety. by button? So button battery. Explain what. Explain, what, that, explain what, what the problem is with. So with button batteries, what are the problems with those? Um, so button, button batteries will no doubt be all over your homes. They're, I think of them in things like uh, car keys mm-hmm. um, and remotes as well. So they, they are everywhere. If you think you, they're not in your house, they will be somewhere, I'm sure. These are very small batteries that uh, children can easily swallow, uh, which leads to all sorts of really unpleasant medical problems happening. Like uh, we see them, they can actually sort of burn through skin. Well, the batteries um, so can burn through skin. Yes, there are some. If you look on online uh, on YouTube, there there are some videos that people have put where they put it put a bat, uh, button battery on. I think it's uh, some meat, and it shows it actually sort of fizzing through uh, to the other side. So you can only imagine what that's going to do to a child's uh, delicate body. So what we're trying to say to try to say to parents is is be aware of where these are in your house don't leave them lying around and we've been doing some work with the office of product safety and standards and with manufacturers and with with retailers and with charities to try and raise raise awareness of this um and we're promoting like a code of practice um that's been that's been written that um goes again goes over and above the requirements of safety and says for example to get button batteries out, you require two steps, two, two, two physical actions to, to get them out. So you've got to push something and then pull something, for example. They're not just like a little, uh, a little flat. And this is, this is not toy, toys have their own detailed regulations around this, but there are say, a lot of things like uh, car, car, car keys, for example, don't, haven't quite caught up to that. So it's really important. Parents, really important that you're aware of where these are, keep them out of the reach of kids. And, uh, you know, don't just don't just leave them lying around and, and in kitchen drawers and things like that. Get them well out of the way, out of sight and out of mind for the kids. Because right. they will play with them, they'll pick them up. The latest information that's coming out talks about the fact that four million counterfeit products have been seized by trading standards. Right? And then they're looking at the fact that I'm just looking at my stats here on this. So so and then the four four point two million unsafe non compliant products have been removed from the marketplace, right? We're obviously we're like we're not we're trading standards as a profession are literally just skirting around the edges of this. There's there's got to be a lot more on the marketplace that we don't know about. Now, um from a consumer perspective, now counterfeit goods could potentially be unsafe as well, so you've got a double whammy. Now and when I mean counterfeit, I mean fake so fake goods that so I've bought those before. On an online selling platform, I wasn't. It was I was having situational vulnerability at the time. Just just a caveat that with that situation, I was particularly stressed. And I bought toys for my for my daughter, and I bought her um, you know those little LOL dolls, those little plastic LOL dolls. Yes. I bought those, which on reflection, it was a too good to be true offer because they were much cheaper than they should have been, and I should have clocked that at the time. But again, situational vulnerability doesn't allow you to do that. Bought them got them because i was panicking about christmas and when when um she opened them firstly i mean she's 12 now she was eight at the time but when she opened them uh what she actually said was uh mum these are fake i've watched those videos about identifying fake and unsafe goods that you told me to watch 
And then she went, isn't this what you do for your job? Which was amazing to have them to be completely told off by your child. However, they had they were counterfeit because obviously there, there was a brand issue there in the fact they were saying they were LOL when they weren't. And they were unsafe because they had loads of little bits that fell off all of the time. So those things could have been swallowed by children. So it's for consumers, it's easy to buy things and think on, on an online selling platform, thinking that someone's checked them, that you're not going to get something that's unsafe in those spaces, and for consumers to buy those things. So what do we do if we do buy something that's unsafe or counterfeit? What do we do? Yeah, I mean, the statistics are, are huge. I think that 4.2 million is, is just the tip of the iceberg, and I'm sure there are many more uh, non-compliant products. I think one of, the, one of the issues is that consumers assume that I bought it from a shop, whether that's an online platform, whether that's uh, even a high street retailer, whether that's a market stall, whether that's uh, a, an online auction. Therefore, therefore, it must be safe, legal, uh, not counterfeit. And, and as we know from, uh, from, from all of our work in, in training standards with this profession for a long time, that, that simply isn't the case. Um, I think if consumers do end up with what they believe is a, is a, is a counterfeit or an unsafe good, it's, it's first of all, of course, contact the, uh, contact the seller of the goods. Um, what we find is that certainly the larger retailers um, don't don't want these these counterfeit and unsafe goods being sold on on their platforms or through their stores. So they'll immediately remove them. Hopefully, find out why that's occurred, and most importantly, not not to happen again. Because of course, the, the problem isn't just the uh, the small parts which can obviously be choked and ingested, like in that specific case you mentioned, but also the fact that these products could contain all sorts of chemicals. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got, I've got a, I've got a one-year-old daughter. She's just at the stage now where you know her feedback with the world is is through chewing and 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 sucking everything. So, you know, if she came across this. She she's doing. Who knows what chemicals are in that in that product as well? So, yeah, we all have to sort of be safe and and be vigilant. Uh, and I do, you know, and I know from experience that that uh, retailers don't want their brands associated with unsafe and counterfeit goods. So that they will take very stringent acts and um to do it and of course if they do if that doesn't work or if consumers want to contact trading standards of course who who have a duty to um, investigate these kind of complaints as well um and, and no doubt will add it to their to their quite quite significant workload but i do know that it, it is a is a priority area for for many trading standard services as well there's another one around uh, perfumes and aftershaves as well a lot of uh, counterfeit fake perfumes and aftershaves pretending to be the genuine thing yeah absolutely so counter- counterfeit perfumes and cosmetics as a general continue to be an, an area that's uh, that's rife with counterfeit products because of course the, these are expensive premium items um, we're seeing large price increases particularly around sort of cosmetics um, and these kind of luxury items so it's no surprise that criminals are, are taking advantage of that yeah so yeah, I mean, who knows what's in them? Who knows what you I mean? You're putting these things on your skin. This is like cosmetics, and, and, isn't it? There's se- the separate the separate yeah. rules around cosmetics because again, things like we've historically seen things issues around teeth whitening, around skin lightening creams, all yeah. of these things that can cause like serious problems for consumers. But in this space as well, so when we're talking about the cost of living crisis, I know Adam, I'm going to get fined again for talking about the cost of living crisis. Um, right, so we've got the cost of living crisis. People are looking for a better deal. People are looking for... So some people are choosing between eating and heating. So actually, when you're talking about... People are wanting to get a good deal in things and are probably looking for cheaper items in some cases. But there is... And, and not whilst we've talked a lot about the manufacturers and we've talked about the retailers, there's a responsibility for consumers 
to check who they're buying from and what they're actually buying. And that's one of the things, isn't it? So if you need to look at who you're buying things from, where where is where is it coming from? What do the reviews say? I, we also know there are an issue around fake reviews as well. But actually, is this item suitable for your child? And, and, and inspecting that item and reading the instructions as well. Because a lot of the time we do sometimes get safety complaints around the fact that people haven't actually used the item correctly or looked at the instructions so it's important as well that consumers take their responsibility in this space i think one thing to mention yeah is that consumers need to be aware if it's too good to be true it probably is i mean there are still deals out there to be had on on many products but we're seeing less and and less of them if something is significantly cheaper then, then you'd expect you might need to might need to ask why you know got to think uh, is it because the product's counterfeit it's it's unsafe um, will you be able to contact the trader if things go wrong so if you do find that it falls apart it causes uh, an injury or a problem will the retailer or trader still still be there to make the make the complaint but I think also as you say consumers do do need to have a look and consider the product they're buying you know is it suitable for the child is it uh is is there any sort of choking hazards or any problems these products are tested to quite to quite a large extent and and we can tell you the manufacturers do put an incredible amount of time effort and money into making sure these products surprise and delight their customers and don't don't uh don't cause them cause them any injuries I, I think we're a we're a nation of um, people that lap, are lapping up the cheap plastic tat that is um, potentially coming over from, dare I say it, China, uh, and and uh, I think there's a there's a real problem there that we're that that like like you say that consumers aren't necessarily paying attention to the safety aspect and just kind of caring about the price. One thing I think we're seeing, yeah, I think consumers are are getting increasingly price over quality driven. Um, this is because obviously all the products we're we're buying have gone up, incredible, you know, by some big margin. So we were hearing eleven uh, percent in in thinking food and about three percent in non food. Um, so, and then there's just things like you know delivery costs are increasing, supply chain mm-hmm. costs are increasing. Yeah. So things are going up all all across. I don't think those those percentages tell the tell the whole story, if I'm honest. Um, so we're seeing that that consumers are increasingly looking for the, for the price. You know, the cheap the cheapest product. You know, whether or not that that actually delivers it isn't always that. And I think we're going to see that in the run up to Christmas, um, where you know this is really going to be. At the forefront of customers' minds, where, where where consumers were spending, you know, two hundred pounds last year, might they might go to one hundred, and they're going to get the most they can, squeeze every penny out of that uh, that one hundred pounds. So, I personally feel you're going to see an increase in uh, more unsafe goods um, from the market. I think consumers are, are are not just looking at traditional retailers; they're looking at sort of peer to peer purchasing now. By that, I mean you know, buying from other consumers um, who are then getting those products from questionable sources, and social media, shall we say. social media selling like we've talked about. I mean, but that's again back yeah. to that consumer responsibility. Slightly off, off track in this, um, I read some stories this morning around, because um, ladders are one of the things that cause a lot of safety issues, aren't they? Like If you talk about general product safety, but actually a lot, that's about consumer misuse, how people use things, the ladder's not long enough, so they use their van as an additional part of the ladder 
to go up and get like a live cable down or there's a story which isn't funny but it is he used his wheelie bin he put his ladder on the wheelie bin lad on the lid to ensure that he had the extra height to get up so we've got we've got oh, wow. so we've got to make sure that as consumers if we're buying off like online online platforms or social media or second hand actually that we do our responsible checks before we buy them before we buy those because all give them to our kids or whatever the product is We've been seeing some really shocking things on social media around product safety. For example, we've seen a Harry Potter wand that has some uh, almost some some pyrotechnics at the end of it. So you you sort of press a button and it literally almost sort of creates a mini explosion. Uh, of course, yeah, absolutely. It's on uh, it's on uh, it's on TikTok. Um, if you look it up, so there's a product um, that's being openly marketed um, and available for people to look at. Um, we're also seeing areas where consumers are being sort of shown how to like homebrew their own products. So for things like uh, disposable barbecues, you might remember that over the summer, uh, we had a big issue where a lot of retailers were voluntarily banning the sale of disposable barbecues. So we were seeing that consumers were were able to get a bit of tin foil and some charcoal and make their own disposable barbecue, uh, which brings its own 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 issue. So I think one area we're going to be seeing is where consumers are are looking to social media to get inspiration on how to almost a bit make do and mend their own uh, life their hacks. Own Adrian, products. life but, hacks. Yeah, life life hacks. See, I'm I'm not as cool and trendy as you, Lou. I don't know all these. <laughs> the things. fact that's the second time we've used the word trendy today <laughs> denotes to me that we are not down with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think so. I think my my uh, my, my thirteen year old son is going to listen to this and cringe. I'm sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. So, Adrian, if you had one key takeaway for consumers today, for people, what would you, what would that be in relation to this this subject? Just because something is on sale doesn't necessarily mean it's safe. Do have a think about the retailer you're buying from, will they be there if there's a problem with the goods? If it if it causes you injury, if it falls apart, if it doesn't work as as it as you'd expect it to do, will they still be there for you to make a complaint and for you to say, can I have my money back, please? The other thing I would just say for people, if people want more information on this, there's going to be uh, some trained into information on the website. Uh, there's going to be some socials about this. If uh, Floss, my daughter, will allow me to lose on TikTok, which she doesn't. I thought the TikTok I did yesterday was funny, but she's only allowed me to share it in private mode. Oh, it was, it was amazing, Adam. I'm still <laughs> laughing about it. Um, I'm so out of time. It was horrendous. She's like, you're out of time. <laughs> Bertie went, mum, please don't share that to anyone else. <laughs> so, so um, those are the things. Have a look on the website. Have a look at the socials. Please share them. Please um, have a look in relation to buying toys and things at Halloween. Um, we're obviously going to revisit this around Christmas time because of, of toy safety at Christmas as well. Um, thank you for your time, Adrian, today. We really appreciate it. Been an absolute pleasure and I'm feeling trendy, trendier already. Thank you. <laughs> there, it goes. there goes all our credibility. It's just gone now. That's it. It's done. That's great. Thank you very much, uh, everyone. Like Louise says, there will be there will be some information on the Consumer Friend website. We're doing one on general safety, one on toys, one on cosmetics, and one on electrics. Please follow us on social media. If you like the podcast, please like and subscribe and give us a rating as well. That would be fantastic. Helps us get the information out there to the people that need it. Uh, so thank you very much. One last time, Louise. Thank you very much. And thank you, Adrian. Thank you very much for having me.